big hello and welcome to Earhopper Presents Let's Talk About, the podcast where I interview interesting people with interesting lives and hopefully have an interesting conversation. This is the first episode of season two. I'm doing things a little different this year. Uh, we're recording inside my 1977 Mini Tioga RV, the True Ear Hopper, Bunny Ear Hopper. I'm very excited about this. It was a plan I came up with last summer, and I'm really happy that Jason agreed to be the first guinea pig. No, the first guest. Jason's awesome. I met Jason in 2011 when I moved to San Francisco. And he played on a record, um, Hand Claps, uh, that I recorded at Tiny Telephone here in San Francisco. Jason started his own business, uh, symbol business, uh, when he found a space that needed to be filled, and I, I think it's fascinating. Jason also plays drums with me in Greg Hoy and the Boys, full disclosure, and he is all over the new record that I've been working on for the last couple months. So I hope you enjoy it, and without further ado, here is Let's Talk About Symbols and Small Business Ownership. Shit. Hello, and welcome to Earhopper Presents Let's Talk About, and today, season two, we're kicking it off with my good friend, Jason Slota. Hello. The proprietor and owner of Round Sound Cymbals. Yes. And a, a, a incredible drummer and musician, full-time musician, would you say? I would say full-time musician. Yeah. Um, that's what I do. I play drums. What do, you, what do you think of the phrase journeyman musician when you hear that? I heard that a lot in the 70s when I was reading Rolling Stone magazine. He's a journeyman musician. I think it, um, to me, it means that you're, you're never really there. You've never really mastered anything. <laughs> yeah, you're just on a journey. Yeah, you're just on it. Just yeah, just keep going. Um, like the, I, I think, like probably the it's guys. It's like you're a, you're a, what you, uh, the, the step below the contractor. Who's the he's like the like it's like an apprentice. The apprentice journeyman like, is kind of like an apprentice to me. I, journeyman like like a I, step above an apprentice. Okay, so like the guys, I would say like the guys that say backed up Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I think. They're probably journeyman musicians. I know nothing about them. I don't either. But did um, they play on Linda Ronstadt's record? Did they play? Oh, on, I see what you're saying. Are they journeymen? Well, I mean, and why aren't they journey women? Because we're in the '70s. That's true. We are talking about the '70s. Things were much different. Uh, actually, today it's not that much different. We still—it's yeah. getting better, I think. But we still—you would refer to someone as a journeyman. Would you say journey woman? Uh, or is that just a woman that's into journey? <laughs> <laughs> That's most That's of different. the people I, I go to baseball games with in San Francisco would be dirty women. Dirty women. Um, yeah. But I digress. You're you just you're playing in a musical right now? I um, am not, no, actually that's the musical latest is thing the, you did. The, the latest thing I did. Um you said you had tickets for it last weekend, I thought, or the weekend before I thought I saw on your social media. Man, uh oh, the last thing uh, oh, it's coming up. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the last thing okay. I did. Yeah, I'm trying to think, and it's hard. You do a lot of stuff. I do a lot of stuff. I've got a thing coming up with Pop Up Magazine, uh, and it's a it's kind of a live, um, it's kind of like a live podcast. You would say. Got it. Um, yeah, you, you storytelling just... on stage with live musical accompaniment. 
And you, but you've done it in different cities. Yes, it's pop-up magazine tours around. Um, yeah, they usually do a West Coast thing and the East Coast thing, and then do some stuff in between. But um, uh, they do about three tours a year, and I split the touring with another drummer. Got it, Andrew McGuire. So he does one tour, I tour. I do the night, or he does the next one. Blah blah blah, back and forth. This was a long way for me to get to how many women are in that band. In in the band pop up magazine, in the pop up magazine band, are there it women depends. in that band? There, it is led by Mina Choi, who uh, is the founder and uh, director of Magic Magic Orchestra. Right on. Uh, so she she's in charge of everything, and then usually there's one one to two other women on stages. There's usually four people, and it's half women. That's great. Yes. Journey women. Journey women. You could say, perhaps. I don't know if they're fans of Journey. I don't know that they... Oh, right. We don't know. (laughs) You know, if you think about it, they could have gotten a replacement for Steve Perry that was a woman. It would be more naturally in her singing range. I would think so. Because Steve Perry is kind of... He he has... He sings high. uh, Was that like an alto? I would think so. I don't think it's soprano. Mezzo-soprano? Not that high. Is there a mezzo alto? <laughs> I, there's a great place called uh, Mezzo that I ate at up in Berkeley. No, I'm just kidding. I made that up. I was trying to make an Italian restaurant. There too. was a mezzo, I think, in the East Bay. There's I think it's gone be, now. Right? Yeah. You know what? Don't look for it. It's not there anymore. It's, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so one of the things I wanted to talk to Jason about is uh, that he has started his own business, which is Round Sound Symbols. And uh, I'll tell the story from my point of view because I have such a narrow narrow sliver into yeah. it and then maybe you can jump off but sure. I, you were on tour a couple of years ago yes and you lost your symbols they got stolen yes i was with um town get down state and we had a one-off no maybe a couple of shows in the midwest we were playing in chicago um played the show got up in the morning to load up the van and noticed that the back uh where you put the key in what do you call that the lock the lock <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Is it a padlock? Did you have a padlock? No, like it was just do? a normal keyed lock because it was a rental van. You know, we all flew in to do the show and um, look in the back. We're like, uh-oh, this is bad. Lost um, a pedal bag. Mm-hmm. Lost a few things. Maybe a guitar. And my cymbal case was gone. Okay. So Drums untouched. Drums still Drums there? untouched. Those were kind all. Kind of hard to grab. Well, here's the thing. with When you when you do uh, fly-in shows, you're backlining everything. Or you get it from a uh, rental company. So it. they're not even your drums. Got it. Um, but the things drummers oftentimes will travel with are snare drums, cymbals, definitely. Mm-hmm. And maybe a bass drum pedal. And your sticks, of course. Mm-hmm. I've forgotten half of those things numerous times. But... Always take your symbols with you. Yep. And symbols are gone. So symbols get stolen. Um, and symbols are a kind of a thing where you you spend your whole life looking for them. You're, it's always a, you, you have to try them. Mm. Every time you try a symbol, you're like, oh, sounds good. Not my thing. Mm-hmm. Or when maybe you play it, I'm like, well, it sounds good when you play it. But right. when I put my stick to it, I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. Or for whatever reason. Those. So they're like symbols are unique. It's very personal. Very personal thing. And... You have to try a lot of them to find the ones you like. So you end up playing the ones that you like, mm. of course, because you've spent so much time looking for them. The ones that I had, I I don't know, it probably taken me 10 years to build up to that point. Sure. The, those specific ones. What, that do you I remember had. how many there were? Like, what, what was your configuration at that point? There was a 21-inch Bosphorus New Orleans ride. There was a 20-inch Dream at that point, it was called just Dream Bliss Symbol. It was a crash ride, but mm-hmm. it sounded killer with just one piece of tape on the bottom. Mm-hmm. I also had an 18-inch Cindy Blackman Istanbul Agop 
uh, ohm crash, mm. as well as a pair of um, kind of standard chunky uh, Zildjian 14-inch newbie tie hats, kind of run-of-the-mill. So if anyone's listening to this and finds all of these symbols at the same store... It's, it's, been gone. It's, it's been gone. a while. It's been a couple years. I did the whole police report thing. Did you? In Chicago and called the Chicago Drum Exchange. They were very supportive. They're like, of course, we'll let you know if anything comes in. And, you know, they said, check the pawn shops and yeah. like, you're on the road. You can't, there's no time. You just, so all this leads back to having to find new symbols to replace those, to yeah. look, find the things that you're looking for. Here in the San Francisco Bay Area, there is no drum shop. There's nothing. Which is shocking to me. Well, there is. There's Guitar Center, I should say. Which filed for bankruptcy again. Yeah. I just read. I don't so know what that means, most people um, think about Guitar Center and think about uh, going to the dentist in the same light. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not very much fun. No. Um, so they're looking for symbols turns out to be a really hard thing to do. And it's it's just confounding that in a place like the Bay Area, I don't know how many people live here. Mm -hmm. Nine, 10, 12, 15 million. How many people are in the Bay Area proper? Do uh, we count Sacramento? Do we count Santa Cruz? I don't think. I don't think. I think we count all of them. We count San Jose. Do we? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, Because that's the end of the Bay, right? Then you're getting up there. Yeah. You know what? You're getting up there. Millions. 12. 12. 15. Anyway, the, there's a drum shop in Dublin called Dub's Drum Basement, I think. And then there's, um, uh, that's it for dedicated drum shops. Yeah. There's nothing. Now, you've, how long, when did you move here? I moved here in 1999. So you've been here. I've been here. Were there drum shops at some point? Yes. There was uh, Sam Adatos, who's now residing and operating in Eugene, Oregon. Um, and I think there was Lemon Percussion. Mm -hmm. um, there's but there a were a few. There there's a few. few. Yeah. There's still a drummer's tradition in San Rafael, but that's just vintage drums. Got it. Um, my point being is that there's nowhere to really try cymbals. Right. Unless you want you kind of the big names like Zildjian, Sabian, or Peisty. Mm -hmm. You can get those at Guitar Center. Everyone, yeah. Those are everywhere. But mm -hmm. those are so prevalent that I tend to not just... Um, I tend to look for something different. Sure. Because they're so prevalent. Like, everyone's got... And it's like having... You know, you could have a... It, I feel like you could find a 16-inch Zildjian at Walmart. It's They're sure. that common. <laughs> the Walmart so, signature. The, yeah, exactly. So it's probably the guy from Maroon 5 has his signature on it. Mm -hmm. They sold that guitar for a while. Did they? It, oh, it was Target. Target had a Maroon 5 really? signature, whatever that guy's name is, Adam Levine. Oh, yeah. Signature, uh, first act, mm -hmm. made in uh, a small factory somewhere. It's boutique a, shop a large, in, in China. Right, in China. Very boutique. Um, so that does exist in the guitar world for sure. Yeah. My, uh, so what I'm saying is that it's it's hard to find uh, unique and um, somewhat handmade symbols uh, in yeah. a large area such as uh, the Bay. So um, in in that process of being frustrated, I thought, well, fuck it. Yeah. I'm going to do it myself. And I decided to open up Round Sound Symbols, focusing on symbols that are made in Turkey. Right on. Uh, Turkey being one of the places that symbols have a long and glorious uh, past being made. Um, Zildjian, probably one of the most famous mm -hmm. or the most famous symbol company, is a Turkish company. Mm -hmm. What it started in Turkey uh, and moved to Boston in the 1930s, 40s, somewhere in there. We can Wikipedia that later. Yep. And um, they make great symbols. Sure. All these people make Studio great symbols. standard some might say yes all these people make great symbols the the stuff that you don't get to hear or never get a chance to hear are a lot of these turkish manufacturers that are uh, hand hammered handmade 
still hand everything yeah. in Istanbul. And so those are the kind of the companies that I'm focusing on because the sounds are different. They're yeah. just they're you just don't hear them right. very often um, unless you want to buy it online. Yeah. Um, which you can do mm-hmm. from my company. You can buy the symbol. Um, you can hear it, all that stuff. But it's really hard to know what a symbol is going to, how it's going to behave until you put your stick on it. Yeah, that's kind of, I guess that's my question is, well, there's, I have a lot of questions, but the, the idea that someone has a place that they can just come in and try it out. Yes. When did that, like when you're thinking that this needs to happen, you know, right Right. after this, when were you like, when did you get the vision of, okay, maybe I can, because we'll, there'll, there's, so we'll have some video of your shop mm-hmm. here in mm-hmm. Oakland. Uh, but when did you get the vision that, like, I want to build a place where people just feel comfortable and they can make an appointment? And, like, I did, because I did it. And it was awesome. I had a lot of fun doing it. I think it was, it was pretty immediate. I was just um, frustrated that there was nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. I used to work at a, a store in downtown Oakland called Best Music. And downstairs, we had a drum department. And we had a lot of these um, things, uh, a lot of these type of symbols there. Um, Bosphorus and some of your uh, and Dream, maybe some of these weirder symbol companies that you can't normally uh, find. Yeah. So, to me, you always have to try the symbol, and right. so it was pretty obvious to me that I, there had to be a place for drummers to go to try symbols. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, basically, I said to my wife, <laughs> "I'm thinking about doing this," and uh, I found an investor mm-hmm. and. Uh, it was full steam ahead and I did all the work. I renovated my garage Mm -hmm. and, um, did a lot of soundproofing Mm -hmm. and turned it into a place that is now a by appointment Mm -hmm. symbol shop Mm -hmm. for anybody, mostly drummers. But if you want to come by and try symbols, just go online, make an appointment and I'll see you there. What, um, in doing all of this, what was the biggest, uh, surprise Outside of the, you, could, you get gung ho with an idea like this, mm-hmm. and, you know. Yeah. That you're gonna have your. There's gonna be the sweaty parts where you're building something, and the parts where you're getting on the phone and calling people to like get your yeah. inventory. What was the biggest surprise during this whole process? Now that you're like, I literally just so everyone knows, Jason just came back from talking to his tax guy. Yeah. Guy, about tax person. Yeah, tax guy. Uh, journey and, woman. Yeah, a journey woman tax man, and uh, it's the first time you said you had to. You know, you're a business now. Yeah, I'm an LLC. So what does that mean? Oh, I'm supposed to file quarterly. What does that mean? That means you just pay the penalty because you just won't. Right. Like most. But people. basically, it was good news. The tax that the, the journey woman tax man said. <laughs> that's it. That's that's what we refer to him now. Journey woman tax, tax man. man. Yeah, that's a new title. Uh, he said, um, basically, you have so much of a you so much loss sure. right now that you don't even need to file. I, I think and that's so that standard in the first year or two. People get. I didn't know that because you got to buy your inventory. Yeah, you got to do lots of inventory. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. So what's been? The, has there been like a surprise? Did you have a moment where you're like, "Oh, this is something I never thought I'd have to." The deal most with, surprising or? thing I think was the willingness by people that I've never met these companies that I'm buying from mm-hmm. to just sell me their symbols. Got it. I mean, I just literally would email them. Mm-hmm. And they'd say, okay, let me just show me your federal tax ID number mm-hmm. and your seller's permit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'll, I will get those. <laughs> was there any, like, did they vet you? Did they see that no. you were a true musician? Did they no. want to hear your work on something you recorded with John Nothing. or somebody? Nothing. So surprising. And I was mm-hmm. like, these Turks are ready to go. They just want to sell. <laughs> these Turks are ready. Seriously. They they're just want to. They're waiting like, for you. Yeah. They just want to sell you symbols because most of their 
most of their stuff is just ends up in Europe. Yeah. It doesn't come across the pond, as they say. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went to uh, a NAM show, which is the North American Music Merchants. Sure. It's a big I, trade I show. It's, a, it's basically a trade show Every for um, musical instruments and anything related to music. And I went to the trade show and talked to these companies, and they said, yeah, let's, let's write up an order right now. Wow. I mean, I could. You could have done it. Yeah, it could be anybody. But they were so willing, and they're just like, "Yeah, great, we like it." I mean, they're probably hungry for something like this to, yeah. like, you know, well, give them some sort of visibility here. Oh, there's. I mean, it's it's run by the their businesses being kind of run or not run by guitar centers of the world. Right. Sam Ash is the people that don't buy their cymbals. Yeah. These are smaller manufacturers mm-hmm. um, putting out great instruments, but you just never hear them because mm-hmm. um, you can't. You can't get it on Amazon.com. Right. You know? I, it's interesting because, like, I, I'm really into Reverb.com Reverb's now. Great. Yeah. Um, and someone had described it to me last year as uh, eBay before eBay sucked, which mm-hmm. I thought was an interesting mm-hmm. yeah. uh, thing. And it does seem like there's this new sort of... Uh, with all of the mass consumption and mass marketing, there's this new space that seems to be open up for people that are having smaller businesses that are more niche yeah. Yeah. and more um, specialized, more personal. Yeah. Because like, I think people in general will pay more for that experience. Like I don't yeah. feel that. Well, need. that's my hope. Yeah. Anyway. Well, of course. Yeah. I mean, I'm banking on drummers being, um, diligent and, uh, uh, kind of, just looking for that thing that they need and wanting and realizing that you can't just you can't just order it online yeah you can order a pair of drumsticks online you can order a drum head online mm-hmm. that's fine you know what that's going to do because it's it's machined mm-hmm. it's manufactured and it's going to more or less be the same thing every time yeah a symbol is as you know it's like a snowflake for lack of a better reference yeah, yeah. It, they're, yeah. they're unique every you have put two of them that are exactly the same weight um size shape everything within the same series you put mm-hmm. them next to each other they're going to sound completely different mm-hmm. and um, so you just have to try a bunch of them yeah and I think with cymbals too like I have friends I've drummed with I've drummed with a lot of people over the years that they've been they're, the cymbals they use some of them have been passed down yeah from like a relative that mm-hmm. played or like mm-hmm. I had a friend who had an uncle who was a I guess a jazz guy like a pretty well known jazz guy in the 40s and 50s yep still uses his ride symbol yeah uh, there's like something about it it's almost like the maybe like the musical version of like a uh, like a like a piece of jewelry or something definitely um and again with with those i've played old symbols that people are like oh man this symbol's great and then when i play it, i'm like yeah i don't, I don't know it doesn't, it doesn't work for me mm-hmm. but again, you know sounds good when you play it yeah but you know it's it's tough. It's like you read the well because I'm, I'm obsessed with Eddie Van Halen, and I would read the mm-hmm. stories over the years of people picking up his guitar and playing through his amp at soundcheck. They sounded nothing like him. Don't sound like just, him. Yeah. It's still, it's in the hands. It's in mm-hmm. the whatever he was bringing to it. Yeah. So this okay. So you're a small business owner. Yes. Uh, and you've built this this thing here. What uh, what's the biggest challenge right now besides awareness and. You know that is that is the single biggest challenge. Just getting people to know about it. I read an article the other day that said rock bands were dead. Yeah, and I was like, does that mean people don't want to play real instruments anymore? Because people always I think I think I think electronic music and having things in the box are uh, a big a a big not a problem, but Mm -hmm. it's like if you're a kid and you can just go, you can yeah you know, get on Logic and right. put on Tyrone as your beat drummer, sure. you know, and I mean, that's that's a lot easier than lear- taking, t- 
10 years to learn how to play that beat right, yourself. Right. But um, isn't there something about hitting something and making something? I feel like uh, I think so. Uh, and I mean, well, you have a daughter, a young yes, daughter. Congratulations. Yep. Do you, like, I, I feel like kids, there's kids that are my friends, kids that are, you know, getting into these like school of rock camps. Yeah. They want to learn to play. Like my friend has a daughter. She plays the bass. Who wants to play the bass? Yeah. So I, I feel like uh, it might the pendulum might come back to making live music hitting something or touching something I I, I really hope so I mean I, you know it's anyone that's played a musical instrument knows and or for any amount of time can tell you that it's like it's it's therapy mm-hmm. it's meditational mm-hmm. uh, it's mind expanding mm-hmm. it uh, does all these things for you and um, you can't really get that by pushing a button on a computer mm-hmm. but um, yeah my, you know you're hopeful that everyone keeps playing music. Do you, I mean, what, like, I don't think I've ever asked you this question. Did you have a moment or did something happen to you when you were young that you're like, I really want to pursue drums? Oh, like, it was, it was just my brother. Got he, it. he was a, um, my brother, my older brother started taking trumpet lessons mm-hmm. and I was jealous of him taking lessons on an instrument. How old, how old, how about how old were you? Do you remember? Six. Oh, so you were really young. Yeah. Um, and just telling my parents, I'm like, I want to. I want to play an instrument too. And they picked the drums, or you picked? No, the they drums? said, "Well, what do you want to play?" And I said, "Drums." Hmm. I mean, yeah, that's that's the coolest instrument. Yeah. So they, fortunately enough for me, said, "That's a great idea. Let's get you some drum lessons." I was say that could go either way with parents. I know drum set. Yeah, I've talked to so many people who are like, "Yeah, my parents. I really wanted to play drums, but my." parents wouldn't let me play i couldn't yeah. it's too loud it's too annoying i had to game so it so i had to play violin i bought a i bought a drum set for my dad which you he, bought the drum set for your yeah dad. as a gift nice. but it was really for me i think everyone it's knew like it. getting a bowling ball with your right with your my initials on it yeah yeah <laughs> he still to this day kind of gives me shit he's like hmm how's that drum set you bought me where is that drum set no idea I, i'm sure i pawned it at guitar center <laughs> craigslist at some point for some other instrument so okay so you get do you get a kit first do you get a snare like what's the beginnings of like what are you going to do for your daughter slash what did oh, you do slash yeah. what are you going to do for your daughter i started out with a practice pad and a pair of sticks and nice. a practice pad uh is just a piece of a long time ago it was just a piece of wood with a slab of rubber on it right um remo makes one is remo is a, a drum accessories company they make um a practice pad that's made out of plastic and you hit it and it just goes thup, and that's it that's all the sound thup, thup. Yep. yeah and you do that over and over thup, 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 and you practice your rudiments you practice all your stuff yeah and then you graduate to snare drum mm-hmm. and then if your parents are like holy shit this kid's still he has some talent he's st- well he's not giving it up he's not giving it up i guess we have to buy a drum set <laughs> and you hang your head a little bit as a parent oh, and you're like okay, here, we, here go. we go and then you buy the drum set and um, then you get into orchestra work. You know, it's a whole. Then you get into the whole world. Now that's just my story. I'm, everyone comes at it different. But, yeah. Um, that's the way I did it. Um, Who, did you have like a drum? I had a teacher. There's there always a teacher. Yeah, you had a teacher. Yeah, from about, the time I was six until, you know, I still take lessons. Who was your favorite like drummer that like? That you that you've like like John Bonham. Who was your favorite like rock drummer? Or, oh yeah, or well yeah, he's it. He's it. John Bonham. He's I, he's he's pop, very popular yeah. amongst drummers. No, I will tell you, I was listening. Went to the gym today, and nice. uh, um, I was listening to one of the early Queen albums, and I was that like, "That guy's a good drummer." Roger Taylor. Yeah, 
Yeah. He's a good drummer. He's the, he's the best. And I was like, I don't know if there's anything more special than the way Roger Taylor plays an open hi-hat on the backbeat. Mm. He goes... Psh. Yeah. It does. It's so perfect. It's the same every time. Yeah. yeah. It's like on every other Queen song you yeah. ever hear. And yeah. I was like, man, this is amazing. Yeah. But he's the only... Like, no one else does it like that. Uh -huh. He just goes... Yeah, I'm thinking and he, somebody to love right now. Yeah, that. you hear it. Yeah, you, hear, you can hear it in your head. Yeah, and I'm like, man, that is the that's the sound of Queen. Yeah, uh, it would not sound like Queen if he didn't do that. Um, I wonder if it's because he sang. I, I read an article yeah. about singing drummers one time. What like did Phil it say? Collins and him and the, the dude that I hate from the Eagles and Levon and they. Yeah. it was saying there's something about the there's a, a a different type of precision that has to happen because they are paying attention to this a whole other. They. I mean, it's that's, often referred. To, I've heard it referred to as the fifth limb. Oh yeah, good. There's four limbs for a drummer, and the fifth limb is you, you singing. So you know, I've heard of other. I've things heard of other things referred. for the fifth. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mine, mine yeah. is not that coordinated. No, same. Yeah, same. I'm, I'm always off the backbeat. I've tried, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the you know the uh, the duct tape residue is just like <laughs> it's massive. Yeah, the um, <laughs> I'm going back to uh, yes Taylor. I the I also will say um and and you record a lot, a lot, a lot. I think you might be the person I know that's outside of an engineer on recordings mm -hmm. the most because uh, you're always in the studio doing something <clears throat> i feel like i'm in the studio a lot yeah, yeah. and yeah. um the, the, but the thing i want to say about drumming and when i think about growing up the drums were the things that i just paid the most attention to on recordings mm -hmm. like i was a huge early genesis fan i was a huge um uh zeppelin fan i was a huge uh black sabbath and and um what's that band that did the big smoke on the water did the guy from deep purple mm -hmm. like i just remember just paying attention to drums yeah and i think a lot of it was this like the sound that that you can ca actually capture like a great recording actually captures uh that that visceral feeling and i think we're not going back to this like drum drum machines and sampling and and everything that's come out you know probably in the last 40 30 or 40 years that somehow emulate that I don't think I, I still don't think you can get anything better than the sound of a great drum performance. Yeah. Uh, on no, tape. I mean they're getting better and better with like electronic drums and, sure. and modeling of drum uh, the way a drum feels. But there's not there's still nothing. Yeah. That compares to putting a, a stick to a yeah a tom and hitting it and, I, and yeah. hearing that sound. I, I think there's a reason that like in the air tonight everyone still thinks about that drum fill. Yeah. I played it yesterday. I had a rehearsal. I'm do I've got a show coming up with a kid, uh, Noah Mack, who is on The Voice. Oh, we have a show right coming on. up Saturday. Um, and Where is one it? Of the, it's at a it's at a hotel in San Francisco. It's like a benefit for got Easter it. Seals, got I think. It. And um, he one of the songs he did on The Voice was. Um, uh, in the air tonight. Oh, so you're performing that song? So live? we're actually performing it live. Wow. And so I got to do, do that, dig into that a little bit. Wow. And, and yeah, I'm like, it's cool. The cool, I think the coolest part is when he, he fills, hit Phil Collins, he fills, <laughs> fills, fills. He starts the, the fill on beat four and then ends it on beat two. Uh -huh. A lot of the time uh -huh. you'll start the fill and end it on one or close to one. Uh -huh. But he, he fills over into beat two. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a cool thing. I had read that originally the drums were on that whole. Uh, recording mm -hmm. and uh, Amat Ertgen he was like an A&R guy okay. big A&R guy in the 70s and 80s mm -hmm. he, he told him to keep the drum he said hold just hold those drums till the end 
So it's actually, it wasn't Phil's idea. Oh, to, to, to wait that long. Yeah. To go just like, the CR wait, wait two thirds. And like, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The whole way. Yeah. Um, what, so, all right. So talking about that, do you, uh, you and I had a conversation about Ringo Starr a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. because I had read about the left-handed lead Phil mm-hmm. uh, that he does mm-hmm. that I didn't know he was like the guy yeah. that did that. So Phil Collins, uh, left-handed. Left-handed drummer. Did you find, was it difficult learning uh, the Phil Collins drum fill because you're a right-handed drummer? No, I think Phil Collins, if I can, if I'm remembering this correctly, he sets up, uh, I'm going to air quote right now, normally, um, normal meaning if you're I sitting down, at, yeah, if you're sitting at the drum throne, your snare drum is in front of you between your legs, your hi-hat is on your left, your floor tom is on your right. So he plays right-handed. Yeah, I, I think I, so. I'm, I'm, I could be wrong. I don't remember. But I mean, I'm just attention. like looking at videos and stuff. I think he's right-handed. But I that's that's left-handed. A, well, he plays a right-handed kit. So there are dr- like... Like the dude from Faith No More. He plays. Oh, does he? He plays the hi hat with his left hand. Yeah. The, okay. So a lot of left-handed drummers will still play uh, a right-handed air kit. quotes again. Yeah, kit. Got it. But other drummers, uh, I just had someone that come in around sound to, to audition some cymbals. Did you? Have he to forgot to tell me. He's like, "Oh man, I forgot to tell you, I'm I'm a lefty." I was like, "No problem. You just swap the you know the snare drum and the floor tom mm-hmm. and the hi hat, mm-hmm. and um, it's fine." Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, everybody does it different. So when I, uh, when I was learning, I, I learned to play drums. I put magazines on my bed, oh. uh, as a kit mm-hmm. and I would hit the magazines mm-hmm. and I, pl- I learned the wrong way, the wrong way because I was, you set it up backwards, I set it up backwards because mm-hmm. the kid I knew in seventh grade was left-handed oh. and he played this way. Oh, so, so you I just had, naturally thought that that's what it I was. I thought that was how people, because this what, was like, this before is electricity and videos. Right. And like, you know, guitar magazine, and yeah. drummer magazines. Did you ride your horse to school too? Uh, no, we, uh, there was a dinosaur, a small dinosaur. Oh. Just uh, came Like right a velociraptor. Up. Velociraptor. Where are you from? You're from the Midwest. I'm from Bloomington, Indiana. Do you find that your sense of humor sometimes goes over the heads of people in San Francisco? Yes, undoubtedly. <laughs> <laughs> or I, what I consider to be humor is not uh, mm, appreciated. Yeah, there's like, <laughs> there's different. I've had I've had some issues since I've been out here for that reason, just being an East Coast slash almost Midwest person. Uh, and I know the, you're, you and I, well, you and I you laugh a looks. lot together. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like, if my fiance's in the room who is from San Francisco, she'll be like, I didn't understand what I didn't understand the joke. Yeah, but it's not because she's uh, you know doesn't have the intellect. It's just because she's San Francisco humor is very different. It is. It's a different. It's there's the regionalism is a is a thing regionalism. it's real it's a good word yeah. how about oakland you live in oakland have mm-hmm. you you moved here what a couple years ago into this house uh i've been in this house about five years okay yeah and what do you think like is there because you're in the city a lot mm-hmm. and then you're living here and it feels like your you know, your business is here what are you are there advantages to being here as a small business owner outside of uh, the mecca of san francisco i would say yes the, um Art scene better? I don't. I don't know if it's better or more supportive. Worse. I just feel some say it's just the rent is cheaper here. I've heard that said. That's it. It all comes back to money. Yeah. It really so, does. Um, yeah, the rent uh, was cheaper here. Is it still now? I don't know. Mm-hmm. My wife and I were lucky enough to uh, be able to purchase our house mm-hmm. uh, about five years ago. So I'm out of the game when it comes to rent. I don't know. I I like. I mean, I hear and I see it, yeah. and people get displaced, mm-hmm. and all that happens, and um, it's terrible. Yeah, 
All right, so I, this is going to be a tough question. Okay. Just preparing you. Great. You are one of the few full-time musicians I know. Mm-hmm. And you have a small business. Yes. And you own a house. Yeah. What, is there something you could attribute? Because uh, a lot of people would say, how is this guy doing it? Right. You know, how is he not working four jobs or, you know, has a full-time job, at, you know, like Bruce Springsteen, we think he might have at some point yeah. to make his art, but you're actually doing it. So I'm just curious, like, what, ha- what, what secret sauce might be. I don't know that there is any secret sauce. I think um, that uh, both me and my wife work very hard at what I do. Sure. Uh, my wife works in retail, and um, we're not... Um, I, I, I don't, I wake up at least once a week wondering how I'm still doing it. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's, it's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fortunate that people call me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what it comes down to is being passionate mm-hmm. about something. And I would be like, I would be playing drums if you paid me or not. Wait, I always say, you've said that to me before. I think that's dangerous to say. What do you mean? Because then someone's going to be like, cool, I'm not going to pay you. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, yeah. I get it. No, I get it. You know, I get you, it. yeah. I totally yeah, get yeah, 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 yeah. I'm um, fucking with you. But, um, yeah, I, I just, I'm, I am, again, lucky that I have something that I'm really, I really like doing and I'm yeah. really psyched on. And it wasn't, I didn't move, I moved here in 99 and it wasn't like I moved here and I'm just like, Cool. This guy gets all the gigs now. Right, right. You know, it took me a really long time. I was painting houses, yeah. remodeling kitchens. Sure. Uh, I had an office job. You know, I'd done a ton of different things and always yeah. just been doing. Then it was like, you know, counting the hours until I can get off work and yeah. go go play with my band. Yeah. But um, doing that stuff over and over and not really having any other option or anything else that I'm really excited about. Yeah. Um, kind of makes it so that you have to do it yeah. in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and you don't have another choice. Mm-hmm. So you make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend, uh, Pat Spurgeon, mm-hmm. who's a drummer for rogue wave. Okay. Um, great drummer. Great, great dude. They're still I around. Heard, oh yeah. They're doing another tour right now. I think for, uh, the 10th, anniversary of a sleep at heaven's gate yeah i was gonna say yeah. I, I thought i read something about it. uh he I, I don't know if he told me but i think i might have read it somewhere and he said um if you he doesn't have a plan b they're like well you know he's right. on it he has a he has two kidneys that aren't he's on his second kidney that's not his oh my goodness yeah so he's had all this crazy stuff happen to him and people are like well, well what happens you know what's plan b and he's like well there is no plan b yeah because if you have a plan b then eventually you're going to take it yeah and i was like that's great yeah you just do the thing yeah just head down do it yeah and then when it doesn't work you figure out how to do it mm-hmm. <laughs> just go yeah so um there yeah not not giving myself another alternative is uh, i would say and being completely in love with playing drums yeah um yeah what do you think? Um, well, uh, I don't know if I should bring this up, but I do know that you you were try- you were maybe going to join a, a fairly famous band fairly recently. Sure, yeah. Uh, at least since we've been mm-hmm. playing together, hanging out. Yeah, I auditioned. Um, now, did you just was it just like one audition? Like, how did it go? Like, what? Like, what's the? Let me, let's ask. Let's, let me take this a step back. So, as a uh, full-time musician, yes, uh, th- this opportunity comes on your plate that uh, I would think could be. Uh, it would take some of your time up. 
because mm-hmm. this is a touring band, mm-hmm. uh, and it also I would think would would raise your uh, your brand as a drummer because more people would find out yes and see you exactly. Uh, so go, from that. Um, I don't know. Do you want to tell the story? Because I know we had talked about maybe talking about yeah. this. Um, the the band is a is a California based band. Right, right. Um, Here in California, they um, I got the I found out about uh, found out about an audition, mm-hmm. and they were looking for a drummer. Is this a full time drummer? Is this just a fill in? Mm. They said right now we're you know eventually it'll probably lead to the full time drum position. I said great. Yeah, cool. Let's let's do it. Uh, they sent me a list of twenty four songs, twenty three songs from their various albums over the years. And at this point, are they like, are they going to pay you to learn them, or no. what's the process look the pro- like? Okay, so the process level. at this level. Um, not that I've had a ton of these opportunities, sure. but they, it's all on you. Got it. Um, you learn the material. You spend the time learning it. Um, it's all on you. So vocals? Did you learn some vocals too? I after the first audition, they said, "Can you sing?" I oh. said, "Sure." So the first audition went well. First, first audition, audition went, yeah, like, it felt good. It, it went well, mm-hmm. well enough that they asked me back, which I was like, "Okay, great, have another audition." Mm-hmm. And then um, that happened. Um, went to audition, learned, took a took some a voice lesson, mm. um, practiced, did my vocals, mm-hmm. did that, um, and then nothing. Mm. They just stopped. They just, it was just like. Radio silence. Radio silence. So that was two, you did two. Two auditions. Two line. How long were these audit? Like a couple of hours? Yeah, I would say a couple hours. Did you have to bring your whole kit? They had a kit for me. Okay. Um, the band was there. We just kind of, the leader called out the tunes. We just rifled through them. He said, great, 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 great. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Um, and then like. I don't know, like a year went by. A Nothing. Year. A year. A whole calendar year. A year. Yeah. Roman calendar. Not wow. Any, yeah. <laughs> whole year went by, and they hadn't heard anything. And then the manager gets in touch with me and said, hey, are you still interested in the in in the, the gig? And okay. I was like, I mean. I know the songs. <laughs> <laughs> Spent a lot of time. Got them learned. And, and so so far, this is all pro bono, and I don't mean you like you too. It's just they're just it's all, <laughs> yeah, journey journeyman musician stuff. Yeah, you're just you're you've put in the time, and it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity cost, mm-hmm. as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, yeah, sure, well, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, did another one, mm. third time, again, and that was I don't know when that was. That was maybe. Is that October of last year? Okay. Still radio silence. Haven't heard a thing back. Since then? Since then. So we're probably closing in on two years. Wow. Since I first auditioned with them. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't imagine why I would ever... Mm-hmm. I mean, with the level of communication and professionalism that they've shown me this far... Mm. Uh, I can't imagine wanting to want to do it. Be a part of an organization like that. I think it's fascinating. I, I bring this up because we're talking about you know you know being you know we're talking about the money aspect and having a business. Yeah. And in this situation, this is their business because yeah. they're very well known. They've been around a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, they play shows. Still playing shows. Those, and those shows, uh, you know, I think they were on a list of bands that you and I joked about. Like, mm-hmm. here's how much it'll cost you to get this band to play your mm-hmm. wedding or whatever. Yep. Um, so here's a group of people 
people that actually are making money as musicians and yet they're treating a fellow musician in this way. I just, I find it fascinating. Like this whole story since you told me from day one, yeah, uh, we've been talking about it for a long time. It's just a fascinating story. Mm-hmm. Mostly because like I, I can't see you treating somebody like that. I would, would treat you, somebody like that. If you treated anyone like that, what would be the result? There'd be either I don't know. Someone would yelp about you. I don't know. Like yeah. people would no you stars would lose on your Yelp. reputation. Exactly. Now th- they are in the position right to be able to do that because clearly they can they their reputation. Yeah, they're that big that yeah. they can say we don't. That's none of our concern we're not concerned about that mm-hmm. and that's perfectly within their right mm-hmm. would i would i ever treat anyone like that i hope not i don't try to do that in my day-to-day life i just it's fascinating it's, it is fascinating and it's a frustrating fascinating story yeah and I, I yeah it's tough but you know there's it's a, just there's other gigs out there of course and, and you know think about all the work you have mm-hmm. that you would have to give up on that. Right. Um, there's a podcast called Let There Be Talk by Dean Del Rey. I highly recommend it if you're into rock and roll music. Mm-hmm. And he interviewed George Lynch. Do you know who George Lynch is? George no. Lynch was a guitarist in a band called Dokken in the 80s. Okay. The, the, the Dokken was like the 80s hair band that just never had a hit. They were mm-hmm. on all the yeah, oh, I remember magazines Dokken. and all yep. the bills. And D-O- D-O-K-K-E-N. D-O-K-K-E-N. There's an umlaut on the O. I think there's two dots over one of the O's. Maybe the E. Maybe both. Yep. And in this podcast, he's talking about auditioning for Ozzy Osbourne. Okay. Um, fascinating story. It's bef- It was right after uh, Randy Rhodes died. Mm-hmm. And they were basically going to give Dawkins the gig. Uh, $100 a week was how much they offered him. I'm sorry, what? To be- <laughs> $100 a week to be in Ozzy Osbourne's band. <laughs> Everything else pays, you know, on the tour. We'll, get, we'll, we'll take care you, of the hotel rooms, too. We'll get too. your hotel rooms. There's going to be a deli tray in the green room. There'll be some food. <laughs> but he talks about it, and, like, they, of course, have a, like, moment like that. Wow. And, you know, Ozzy and, and his wife, who I think was also part of the business, mm-hmm. were like, yeah, but think about, oh, like, this is going to raise your... Everyone's going to see you. You're going to be, you know, the star because you're in Ozzy Osbourne's band. One of the crazy things about this audition is that nothing, I didn't even know what I was auditioning for. Like there was not even talk of money. There There wasn't, they didn't even talk about money. There was, there was never that, we never even got that far. Yeah. There's just radio, like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know if we need something. What? Remind me when the mics are off to tell you a story okay. that I read that I totally forgot about until now. About, about this band? About this band. It's related, not related, but okay. definitely you might even know the story I'm going to tell you. But anyway, all right. So, okay. So I guess my point is uh, running a small business. Huh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think running the small business also came out of... Um, um, there. I get a, I feel like I get a good amount of work and I can support myself as a musician mm-hmm. and I can pay my part of the mortgage yeah. and my wife and I can, you know, go on vacation every now and then mm-hmm. and do normalish things. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that there's a baby involved, mm. I don't feel like there's enough work as a musician that uh, is worth your time. Mm. By that, I mean, I'm not going to go down to San Jose for $75 right. for a four hour you know, restaurant gig right. on a Friday night. Not but, worth but it. But you will go to Sonora in my RV in June. 
Yeah. <laughs> we haven't discussed payment. Ta- <laughs> we're, we're, you know what? We're going to talk about We'll, we'll we talk about you on that. <laughs> get you. $100 no, a week. What I'm saying is that um, this symbol company was also born out of uh, necessity and that I have a child now. Right. So there needs to be more income. Basically, anyone that's buying a symbol for me is, is paying for my, uh, basically the nanny. Sure. You're paying for childcare, basically, yeah. if you buy a symbol from totally. me. So that's, I mean, it's it's a direct result of having to just, I just need to generate more income. Yeah. And came out of a bad situation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So hopefully something positive comes out of it. I mean, I think like knowing you and, and hearing, you know, just even talking to you today, it's, you kind of see there's, there's a residual that pays on uh, perseverance and relationships, you mm-hmm. know, like, cause I think about, oh, yeah. Like, I think about uh, Dow. Is that how you say it? Tao. Tao. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've been her drummer for a while. Maybe five or six years now. And you've been John's drummer for a while. John Vanderslice, mm-hmm. uh, which is how I met you because mm-hmm. I recorded at Tiny Telephone. Uh, and how did that, like, how did you, like, how did you get involved in those situations? Did you just knew somebody, like? With with JV, I uh, happened to be living next door to Tiny Telephone in San Francisco. That's right. That's right. So there's a warehouse right next door to Tiny Telephone, San Francisco. I lived there. Um, he was recording Romanian names, and um, he had another drummer on. Uh, that was recording that. I didn't. I didn't know JV. I didn't know the studio right. at this point. Because um, it went up ninety seven, something like that. Yeah, I feel like. But this is like, I feel like this is two thousand six or seven. Oh, wild! So this was. Yeah, I. I mean, I hadn't been living there that long. Anyway, the the drummer Matthias Bossy was um, was recording with JV, and um, he was borrowing some of my drums. He's a drummer. He's a great drummer. He's out east uh, in the Boston area, I think now. Um, but he had borrowed a couple of my drums uh, to record that album and had double booked himself, as far as I could tell. Mm. And he said, oh, um, sorry about that. You should call this guy Jason Slota. These are his drums. He lives literally right there. Wild. Yeah. So I think JV probably vetted me, yeah. asked, called around, and then I went over there and uh, recorded some songs on his album, mm-hmm. made it on the album. And then he said, do you want to go and do some touring with me? Yeah. And I said, yes, I do. Was this two-piece time? or That was three-piece time. Yeah, three-piece. Uh, it, was, it, it was at the end of when he was doing a five-piece, and then it morphed into a trio with um, Ian Bjornstad, who was playing keyboards, and me on drums and JV on guitar and vocals. Mm. Um, and then we did a few tours like that, and then um, broke it down into a duo. Yeah. And um, that's what we're doing now. And you're working on his new we're, record. We're working on his new record. Yeah, mm-hmm. one that we weren't sure was going to happen, but yeah. Um, I'm glad he's. Uh, I'm super glad he's doing it. Doing it. The fine people at Native Cat Recordings, okay. Uh, Native Cat Records have uh, are are putting this one out. Okay. So um, yeah, it's it's exciting. Just that's did great. some the last. Well, maybe there'll be more tracking. I'm not sure. We'll see how it goes. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's just, I mean, what a guy, you know? Like yeah. Just, but I feel like you, you meet certain people that are just connectors, you know? They're yeah. kind of like, they're like a conduit for relationships. That's why I was curious, because I, I realized I didn't, I don't think... Well, it was, through, it, was, it was through JV that I met Tao. Got it, okay. And, yeah. um, and then I think she was between drummers, and I did her album, um, We the Common, and uh, John Congleton had produced that. 
and uh, he I met John Congleton through JV mm. um, he on a tour in Europe I think and his band The Paper Chase was playing um, anyway Congleton was like you should get this guy Jason Slaughter to play on your dr- or play drums on your album with for the Tau album and then that happened and then yeah. Tau was like do you want to play some shows and now I play with Tau mm. and um um, probably start working on the next album here pretty soon. What do you like when you you've done you've been playing in live bands forever? Mm-hmm. When you uh, how how do you how do you know you're having a good time? <laughs> like <laughs> I'm not crying. I, I'm, this is a personal question because I've had uh, I I have moments where. Pretty much always when I'm on stage, I'm okay. Yeah. But I've had some moments where, more recently than late, where I'm like, is, am I, should I be doing this? And I don't mean, oh, yeah. like, making music. I mean, should I be going to the effort of getting in front of people and doing the, the, the mm-hmm. work? And I'm just curious if you've felt a difference in maybe audiences in the last, like, five, ten years. Or, you know, I mean, some of it's us, you know, you just get older. And you get older, You change, yeah. you have new priorities, you have a family. You have yep, a, yep. Um... Because, uh, I mean, you play in a lot of... I feel like you play in a yeah. very eclectic... A lot of eclectic situations. Yeah, there's a varying... I mean, you're doing... From, like, playing at Amnesia You're doing to Amnesia to, like, you're doing uh, tours. Big, yeah, you're doing... Yeah. Uh, yeah, Flying I, in for shit. I think, um, again, I, regionally, it's different. Um, okay. I think, uh, you know, like, an audience in in San Francisco is going to be way different than an audience in Chicago mm-hmm. is different than an audience in Austin. Mm-hmm. There's a different, there's a different vibe. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I mean, were more people, people more into music like 20 years ago. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we did the same kind of shows like growing up, cutting our teeth, yeah. like playing at the, at the, the bar for like 10 right. people. Right. That's true. And, and it goes away, I guess. And those 10 people were psyched. Right. You know, but yeah. I grew up in a college town and then now when I go back to a college town, it's the vibe is still there of like, well, holy shit, we're really pumped that you're here. Yeah. It's, um, I think you get a little jaded and like, there's too much thrown at you when you live in the big city. Yeah. You're just like, oh Yeah cool Snoop, yeah. snoop's playing tonight do you feel like him. right do Big you feel deal. like it's it's when you leave here that people you you and maybe the, the audiences appreciate it more because you're from somewhere else do you know what part, i mean i think it's part of it but i yeah i don't know I, I enjoy when i don't have to when when all i can do is show up and play yeah it's when it's like i when my band set up the gig or you know we have to uh do all the promotion i feel like when i can take all that out of it and just like like if a band like we played in uh where was it uh la mm-hmm. and a band just asked us to come play and it was like joy great because we just showed up yeah. none of it, it was all out of our hands except putting on a good time it's always like this mindful experience of like yeah i don't know where i'm going with this but i think that's it's definitely more difficult if you have to do all that stuff yeah I, and that definitely takes some of the you know, I can only it can only take some suck some of the the joy of yeah. just being up there to play them. You know, you're like, where, am I going to get make enough money to pay back the flyers? Or, yeah, or whatever, you know, whatever that I paid. To, yeah, for this show and how like and how do you think the how do you think the business will be in so far as affecting how you come at music? Because you're now 
a business you're, owner. You're now like a double. You now have like two streams of income yeah. from music. Yeah. Um, this playing, playing, playing drums will always be the first thing for me. Yeah. And that's 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 my that's my main gig. Putting doing this symbol company is something that I am really hopeful will be uh, just a a place for drummers and musicians to come. Yeah. And um, if it doesn't work out, I'm not gonna. Right. I'm not gonna. You know. Not gonna throw the baby out with the bathwater. Exactly. Right. I'm, you know. It's, Literally. It's cool, and I want it to work, and I'm I'm investing a lot, obviously, a lot of my time yeah. and money into this, and I want it to happen. Um, yeah, that's that's why I'm doing it. You know, I wouldn't do it if I didn't think yeah. if I didn't think there wasn't some sort of like outcome where, um, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, totally, I get it. Uh, is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? Ah, oh, man, I feel like I've been pushing you, I've been pushing, riding you, riding your fader. <laughs> Ride your feet in. I think we got most of it in we, there. We did good. We ate tacos. Yeah, we ate tacos. Um, you offered me whiskey, which is nice. Well, again. you know, we ate, we ate tacos. Uh, we usually drink, but it is it's a Monday afternoon. And it's Monday afternoon. It's tough. Monday afternoons are that's the day you're supposed to not do bad things. Really? I don't know. For me, okay. What um what is okay? So ra- where do people find you? Round Sound. So the website is roundsoundsymbols.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me. Jason at jasonsloda.com <laughs> um, and I'm on the Facebooks and the Instagrams, Instagrams. and all that all that stuff that's great um, and awesome. yeah, come say hi to me yeah so alright let's, uh, let's go shoot some video great thank you bye thank you Jason for being a guest Jason's one of my favorite humans not gonna lie Be sure to check out his web presences. You can subscribe to Earhopper on iTunes. We might be on Spotify, but I don't know if that's happened yet. We're also always on SoundCloud until SoundCloud is no more. And have an awesome week. Take it light. <laughs>